Have you ever wanted to do something big, had a goal, a dream, a call on your life, and then had the thought, who am I to do this? If you have, first of all, I want you to know that you're not alone. On today's episode, we're talking about how to respond to that little voice that tries to hold you back. Let's do this. Welcome to Fruition Mindset, where it's all about mindset coaching for Christian entrepreneurs. Hey, I see you trying to get this thing to work for you, but feeling like you're struggling with decisions and stuck in doubt. You're afraid to commit, you feel like you have one foot in and one foot out, and you keep second guessing your every move. When I wanted to start my first business over 10 years ago, I was the same way. It didn't matter how many letters I had behind my name or what my credentials were, I never felt qualified. I'm Kayla Eggenberger, wife, mom, and daughter of the king, and I'm here to tell you that you can transform your mindset ditch doubt, and take confident action in your business. Your breakthrough is on the other side of letting go of all these fears you have around your business, finally saying yes and stepping into who God has created you to be and where he's calling you to go. If you're ready to develop the mindset you need to take the dreams and goals God has laid on your heart and bring them into fruition, you are in the right place. So fill up your favorite mug, grab your journal, and get ready to take some thoughts captive. So right now I'm reading through the Old Testament and I used to try to do the whole read the Bible in a year thing and I've failed miserably <laughs> at um, at some of those attempts. I hate to use the term failed because, you know, I did read my Bible and did continue to read my Bible. I just quit following that particular plan. But I've found that at least for this season of life that I'm in, it's really difficult for me to do the entire Bible in a year. I feel like it's I'm not able to go as deep into things as I want to because I'm just almost trying to chase check marks and get the reading done. I've started doing this two-year plan where you read through the New Testament in one year, which I did that last year, and then you read through the Old Testament um, in one year as well. So instead of a one-year plan, it's a two-year plan. And I mention this because I'm all about making things easier, making things more doable, um, and especially making Bible study work for you. It seems like there's a big push a lot of times to read the entire Bible in a year. And I just want you to know that, hey, it's okay if you read it in two years or three years. That's totally fine. So find a method that works for you. All that to say that today we're going to get in the scrippies a little bit because all throughout the Bible, God has been calling people to do incredibly hard things. Um... Old Testament and New Testament, and it's a reoccurring theme. And what's interesting is that God does not always choose the best, brightest, and most fit for these things and for his purposes. In fact, sometimes it seems as though he purposely chooses those who can't do the things on their own. Super interesting, right? Yet so often when we are called to do something new, to start a new business, to go in a different direction, we have this persistent thought of, who are you to do that? And then sometimes it's asking ourselves, who am I to do that? So there's kind of two versions of it, but it's basically the same thing. And what I thought was so interesting as I was reading the Old Testament is that even Moses had this thought when God called him. Now, I'm an amateur on the Bible, um, but it was pretty clear there in Exodus 3.11. It says, But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? So here God is calling Moses to bring the children of Israel out of Egypt to deliver them from slavery. And 
Moses is saying, who am I? And so if you've ever had this thought, first of all, I want you to know that you are definitely not alone. People have literally been having this thought since like 1400 BC, maybe before then. (laughs) All right. So this is a very, very old thought and it still plagues us today. I know that I've had this thought. I know that a lot of people that I coach um, have this thought come up and it can hold you back for sure. Jim Rohn says, you guys know I love Jim Rohn. Um, he calls it a battle with the mind. And I know it's in some of his, um, some of his seminars, but I actually listened to this audio version of his seminars with like a beat behind it. Like <laughs> this person called, I think, Roy Smooth likes to put a beat behind Jim Rohn's seminars. And it's kind of silly, but I actually really like listening to it. If I can find, Um, If I can find a link, I will link it in the show notes for you if you want to listen to it. But there's this one that he talks about the battle with the mind. And he says that it's the thief in the mind. And I love that illustration. It's the thief in the mind that says, you're too short. You're too tall. You're too old. What makes you think you can do it now? No one in your family's ever done it. As a matter of fact, if you start, they'll all laugh at you. He says, it's the little thief that steals the dream and steals the promise. And as I was thinking about this thought of like, who am I to do this? I realized that the subtext is really a feeling of not enough, right? Who am I to do this? It it means I'm insufficient in some way. I'm not enough in some way. I'm not equipped in some way. I'm lacking something and therefore I can't do this thing. And I started to think about what do we do with this? Like, what do we do with this thought that apparently has been coming up for us forever. I can tell you what the common things are for us to do. Um, the first thing we can do is to basically do nothing and stay stuck. And by do nothing, I don't mean really do nothing. Essentially what we do is that we offer excuses and we look for all the reasons why we can't do something, <laughs> right? Um, I know that I've taken this approach before. There's a quote by Les Brown that talks about how if you argue for your limitations, then you get to keep them. And I've definitely been um, been guilty of this before. Isn't it amazing how whenever you're, you look for excuses, your brain can always come up with one? Um, there have been times where my brain has come up with such ridiculous excuses that I've even laughed at myself for even <laughs> for even thinking them up. That's one approach, right? Is just to do nothing essentially and stay stuck. The second thing we can do is we can try to become enough by striving in our own strength. And this is also something that I see a lot of times. We think that if we could just learn more, earn more, accumulate more letters behind our names or more credentials, if we could just have more endorsements, become an expert, well, then we would totally feel qualified and we would be able to do the thing. And sometimes this does work for a while. Sometimes going and... Sometimes learning does boost our confidence for a while. A lot of times knowing more just makes us more aware of how much we don't know. And so it can be short-lived. If you're anything like me, you probably love to learn. I love to learn. I'm a lifelong learner. I'm a big advocate of continuing to learn. But I also know that learning can feel a lot like doing. And for someone like me who loves to learn, it can become a way of not doing the thing yet still feeling like I'm doing the thing because I'm learning about it. And I will do an entire episode on this particular topic because I feel like it's something that's so necessary. It's worth the time and attention. 
But for today, the important thing is to know that learning can be a way for us to avoid taking action, and it can also be a way for us to try to make ourselves feel sufficient and try to make ourselves feel like enough and qualified to take action. And we can get stuck in this loop where we're taking course after course, reading book after book, and continually learning, but not implementing the things that we've learned and not taking the action that we're called to take. I think there's a lot that we can learn from this exchange between Moses and God. So when Moses ask this question, right? I think the first thing that we should note is that Moses didn't ask this question to himself. He asked it to God. And I think this is a really important distinction because I know that when you ask yourself questions, you will give yourself answers. Sometimes true answers, sometimes not. Um, as a matter of fact, if you ask yourself crummy questions, you will get crummy answers. That's also something to be aware of. So if you ask yourself or you say to yourself, who am I to do this? your brain will very likely come up with a bunch of reasons why you can't. (laughs) That's what it will do. And you also have to be careful whenever you ask that question of other people as well, because it's not that they don't want you to succeed or that they don't want the best for you. But as humans, our brains are wired to look for problems. It's kind of how we stay alive, right? So if we ask ourselves, who am I to do this? It's going to, it's going to give us all the reasons why not. It's going to give us all the problems. It's going to give us all the negativity. And other people have those, (laughs) have those human brains as well. Our brains are also wired to be efficient. And so they want to keep things the same. Your brain doesn't want you doing a bunch of new stuff. So I think the first thing that we can learn here is that it's important that we go to God with our concerns and reasons for why we feel inadequate. And then I think it's super interesting what God's reply is. So he says, and I'll just read it here from, let me find it here in Exodus. And God said, certainly I will be with you. And this shall be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve and worship God at this mountain. So the first thing God says there is certainly I will be with you. Notice he doesn't say, you need to go learn a lot more and become a lot more qualified, (laughs) right? The other thing I noticed is that he doesn't give Moses a pep talk. He doesn't start telling him how great he is. He doesn't start listing off all the reasons why he can do it and why he is qualified to do it. He doesn't do any of that. He doesn't read a resume statement of all the things Moses has done in the past that led him to this moment. He doesn't really do any of that. He just says, I'll be with you. And then he basically says, you'll know that I sent you whenever it's done. That's kind of basically what he says there. And then if you keep reading the text, Moses still has concerns that he continues to talk to God about. And God talks about who he is, meaning who God is, but he does not talk about who Moses is, which is so interesting. Once again, he's not giving Moses a a pep talk and telling him exactly why he can do this and, and, you know, why he's so special. He's saying no, like, Instead, God talks to Moses about who he, meaning God, is. And what I found is that when God calls us, a lot of times, we aren't supposed to be qualified by our own achievements. We think we are. The world thinks we are. But as you read through the Bible, you see that a lot of times God calls people that are not all that qualified. What makes us qualified is we are qualified because of who he is, not because of who we are. And it's in that partnership with God that his glory can truly be on display. 
So I heard this quote one time that really stuck with me and it said, what if what qualifies you is your willingness to move forward unqualified? You see, this is where that faith component comes in. This is where the part of trusting God comes in. We want all this assurance that we're going to be able to do the thing. And at the same time, I think it's important to note that a lot of times we're not supposed to have the assurance that we can do the thing. It's an opportunity for us to step out in faith and for us to exercise our faith and to walk out our faith. It's an opportunity to have that battle with the mind or of the mind or in the mind, however, whatever preposition you want to use. We have the tendency to become self-focused, right? To think about ourselves and our limitations and all the reasons why we can't do something and all of our faults and our past. I think at this point, Moses had murdered someone. Um, so, you know, I'm sure he had that on his mind as a reason why maybe he wasn't the most qualified to do this. We spend a lot of time focusing on the wrong thing to make us feel sufficient, capable, and able. We focus on external validation, you know, credentials, status, the amount of money that we've earned. We focus on a lot of things, what we have, our possessions. We focus on these things um, to help us feel more qualified. And yet where when we shift our focus to who God is, who we are in him, and the people that we are here to serve, then everything changes, right? The perspective totally changes. The way that we feel about the situation changes and the actions that we take change. Then we're able to do the thing. In the story with Moses, you may recall that, you know, he still has concerns, right? God's like, hey, I'm going to be with you. And he's like, yeah, but I still have some concerns. One thing that I like to remind myself of is that imperfect action gives God something to work with. Like I may not be able to get everything perfect right off the bat. I may look like an idiot. I may do a bad job, but God can use that in some way. But if I refuse to show up, if I refuse to take action, if I refuse to use the gifts, the time, talent, the treasure that I've been given, God will still achieve his purposes. It's just that I won't be the one that gets to be a part of his adventure. So in Exodus 4, Moses is still concerned. He still doesn't think that he can do all the things that God is asking him to do. And so God responds to Moses by asking him, what is that in your hand? And so when he says this, God is essentially saying, stop telling me what you don't have and you can't do and tell me what you do have. So he's like, what's in your hand? And then God takes what Moses has, which is a staff, and he fills it with his power. So whenever the thief in the mind presents that question, right, who am I to do this? You want to do three things. The first thing is you want to go to God with your concern. The second thing is you want to check your focus, right? What are you focused on? What are you thinking about? Are you thinking about yourself? Are you thinking about those that you serve, right? Are you thinking about your own abilities? Are you thinking about what God is capable of? And then the third thing is you want to pay attention to what you have, right? Focus on what you have, not what you lack. What do you have that you can offer the situation? What do you have that you can offer the world, right? What do you have that... Although imperfect, God can use for his purposes. 
And it might be that you actually do need to go learn some things, right? There are some things that do require more learning, more education. And as I've said before, I love to learn. I love to learn. But you just want to make sure that you're not learning things in order to feel sufficient and be able to operate in your own strength. This episode feels kind of meta for me because I'm not really a Bible teacher. I don't really see myself as a Bible teacher. But talking about scripture and um, and bringing scripture into this podcast and into the entrepreneurial journey is something that I feel called and led to do. And so I'm going to do it imperfectly. I feel pretty confident that I'm going to make some mistakes, but my hope is that we can learn together and that we can grow together. We can grow our faith together. Dan Sullivan talks about the four C's. I think he calls it the four C formula. And He talks about how we all want to feel confident before we take action from the very beginning, right? (laughs) Like, like we want to feel confident before we take the action, but that's not really how it works. He says that first there's commitment and after you commit, then there's the courage to do it and then you become capable and then you have the confidence after you have displayed the capability. And so I'm kind of reminded of that even from this story in Exodus about how God is kind of like... And I'm paraphrasing here, but basically you'll have the assurance, you'll feel good about it, you'll feel confident about it once it's done. So if you're struggling to take action because you aren't feeling confident, you aren't feeling qualified, just remember that, that it starts with commitment. It starts with deciding and making a powerful decision that you're going to do the thing, committing to it, and then having the courage to actually take the action. Through that becomes capability. As you take that action, you become capable. And then as you become capable, then you start to develop that confidence. And while confidence can feel good to us, it's in that commitment and courage phase that our relationship with God grows, our faith grows, and He can be glorified the most. Hey, thank you so much for listening and for hanging out with me today. If this podcast has blessed you in some way, I would love for you to share it with a friend and leave a review on iTunes. When you leave a review, it helps the podcast grow and reach more people. Thanks again, and we'll talk soon.